So I'll start and you may begin. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Schaub, and I am a teacher and poet and author. And I love using poetry and verse to talk about science and nature topics to inspire kids to take care of the earth and each other. My Cardinal Rule Press title is Kindness is a Kite String, all about the ripple effect of kindness. I have several other titles, including Dream Big Little Scientists, which is a bedtime book, and Fresh Pig Poetry, A Day at the Farmer's Market, which won the American Horticultural Society's Growing Good Kids Award um, a few years ago. I also am super excited to announce that I have two titles coming up in the spring, and I can show you the cover of one I have already. It's called A Place for Rain, and it's all about rain gardens and taking care of our waterways. The other one is going to have a cover reel reveal tomorrow, and it's called Leafy Landmarks Travels with Trees. It's a poetry collection framed as a family's road trip around the country to visit famous and historic trees. In addition to being an author, I also am part of the Rhyme Doctors, which is an editorial service, and we critique rhyming and lyrical picture books. Fantastic. And we're going to hear a lot more about that. Brooke, would you like to introduce yourself? Let me see. Awesome. Yes, of course. Hi, everybody. I am Brooke Shannon. Um, I am the publishing assistant for the Collective Book Studio, which is a woman-owned publisher based in Oakland, California. Um, but I'm actually based in Michigan, so I'm with you, Maria, on the darkness. <laughs> um, I met Maria through ALA, which is a publishing um, conference, an annual publishing conference, um, and she's lovely. So thank you so much for having me. Um, but what I do with the Collective Book Studio, I work on um, editorial and marketing fronts. So I help carry out the marketing plans for each book from different title materials, like teacher guides and advanced reader copies. Um, and I also submit books for review. I pitch authors for trade shows. Um, and I just, I have my hands in a lot of pots is, is kind of what I like to say in short. So really excited to be here and uh, talk through all of this with you all. Wonderful, thanks for being here. And we have Adam tuning in from New York. Hello. Um, thanks so much, Maria. My voice is coming back. So, um, but I apologize in advance. If I start to cough, I'll try to mute myself quickly if I can, you know, get to the mute button first. Um, so, uh, yes, I'm Adam. I'm the acquisitions editor at Cardinal World Press. I've been doing, um, working with Maria and with Cardinal World Press for three years, and it's been fantastic. Um, my journey before that, um, let's see, I did a long time ago, uh, did an MFA in fiction, um, did not, was not working in the kid lit world. Um, fast forward, uh, you know, 15 plus years, um, started to get into kid lit. Um, and I would say, um, you know, sort of began to like educate in, 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 in kid lit um, through all the amazing resources that are out there through SCBWI, um, through, you know, the, the, the um, you know, various, the Twitterverse uh, of kid lit and so forth, really kind of like linked me into, you know, um, all the amazing authors who have provided amazing resources like Tara Lazar and Josh Funk and, and, and so forth. Um, and so um, really just sort of educated, uh, began that education that way and the connections through those different uh, events 
um, uh, those venues actually led me to an internship with a literary agency um, that was remote during the pandemic, but put me in touch with someone who put me in touch with Maria. So, um, and all of that really came about because I, as a writer, had um, applied for one of the mentorship programs and gotten it. And so my, actually my, my mentors had put me in touch uh, with the person who eventually put me in touch with Maria. So I'd like to just sort of share that as a, like the value of, of just networking because you never know where it's going to lead. Um, and so um, I absolutely, we, we focus at Cardinal World Press on realistic fiction picture books. And I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into to that as we, as we go further along. Um, and no, so Maria, my, my voice is doing okay. I'm happy to jump into the the question you know, I think I, I do that. want to point out <clears throat> one that I have now a dog standing at the door, but I would like to point out that, you know, you bring up the power of connections and it's so very, very true. And I would never tell you that in order to get your book published, you have to know someone, but it's definitely going to help. And I will give you an example. We are celebrating children's book week this week, and we have had between 20 and 40 classrooms sign up for each author, um, but we are having maybe five to seven classrooms log on. So the numbers have been really, really low this year, but I have noticed an aspiring writer log on. And the first time I saw the name, and then the second time I was like, oh, I wonder who this person is. So then I Googled the person and saw that they are a writer. And so guess what? That name is now in my head. So if that writer submits to Cardinal Rule Press, I'm going to be very curious because I've already done my own research in learning who this person is. And that is by attending two, three, like 10 minute readings of our authors, just showing support of our co company and saying, hey, I'm here to support what you're doing. You know, um, this is who I am and never even said anything. But that was something that that connection, I saw that, I noticed it. So I think a lot of that really does help. So what we're gonna, going to do tonight is we're going to talk a little bit about some tips that we can give you. Um, we're not going to talk about the things that you can learn by Googling. Um, oftentimes, and I'm sure the rest of the panelists can nod their heads, oftentimes we get asked real simple questions. And you probably don't hear back from us because our time is very, we're very busy, you know, we're, we have full schedules just like the rest of you. And a lot of these things you can find by Googling. So we're going to give you the non-Google information tonight. So the first thing is, what are you writing? Um, you know, you might say to us, well, what should we be writing? And that is a really good question. And you can find that answer again online. So one of the things we recommend is really um, go to Shelf Awareness, go to Publishers Weekly, um, join their newsletters and find out what's happening in the market. Go to bookshop.org and see what are some of the new releases and what's happening in the industry. So definitely make yourself um, available to the inf information that the industry is putting out. So without um, talking too much about that, let's say you have an idea of something to write, and now our panelists are going to share some tips with you about the process of getting your book ready to submit. So that's where we're beginning. Who would like to jump in? Yes, I'll start from the author perspective. Um, I am a big believer in mentor texts. So as soon as I get an idea, the first thing I do is I Google and see what else is out there. It doesn't mean if I want to write 
about rain gardens, which is what my book is that's coming up. If there are books out in rain gardens, that doesn't mean I go, oh, well, scrap that. I can't write about rain gardens. No, it means, okay, let me see what's been done. What perspective has been taken? How can I do it differently? If there are 500 books on rain gardens, I might choose another topic. But those mentor texts are really important to me for topics to see what's out there. But then also, I will look for mentor texts just for technique. So I'm thinking maybe I want to put a refrain in my book. I'll go and look at what other authors have done. How has this been handled? And you learn so much from mentor texts. So that is one of my big things. And as part of the Rhyme Doctors, that's one of the things that we do with all of our clients is we give them mentor texts. Go check out XYZ PDQ because you're going to learn from them. Fantastic. Brooke, what do you think? I I completely agree. My my I would say my tip kind of falls in line very similarly. Um, it's really just give your manuscript to somebody else. Like, and that may seem very, very simple, but it's so important because we're working with our stories constantly. You know, we're reviewing the same sentences, the same chapters or poetry lines, you know, depending on the genre over and over again. And so we get so familiar with our text that we forget there's an end consumer, you know, on the other side of that. Um, so I think it's incredibly important to uh, have another set of eyes review your your manuscript with just more of an objective lens. Um, and as I mentioned, I think this really allows you to get a consumer perspective. You know, what what are people interested in, in buying? You know, especially in a specific uh, book category, whether that's, you know, juvenile nonfiction, juvenile fiction, um, general picture books. You know, you get an idea of really what's missing, what are people sick of seeing, what are people interested in somebody creating? Um, and so I think that really just paying attention to other people's perspectives, I think is, is really helpful. That's fantastic. And I'm just kind of taking some of our highlight notes and putting them in the chat and I'm not editing them. So don't you be judging my grammar. I'm just getting it out there. <laughs> That's not happening right now. Wonderful tips. That's yes, fantastic. A panel and, of editors. Yeah, I know. I'm just getting it out there. Um, Trying to facilitate, but also give you some notes. So Adam, can you add to that something different from um, what the Michelle and Brooke had said? Absolutely. From the picture book specific angle, I would say dummy your book out. Okay. Um, and I think you can broaden that out to whatever format you are writing in and for. Try to make it look as if it's the published page. Like I remember back in the day when I was writing short stories and I wanted to be in the New Yorker, I sort of clued into like, oh, wait, what if I write them like paginate like columns and then I can pretend it's in there um, and sort of envision that, um, you know? And so, I, you know, with, um, with picture books in particular, the page turn is such a crucial device. Um, it's like your best ally. Um, you, can, you can change scenery, you can change time, you can change worlds uh, with a page turn. Um, and so um, sometimes that feels, it's hard to really get that sense of where and when you can do that um, when it's just straight block text. So that would be, um, you know, one really uh, important uh, 
suggestion. And I think that there's place there's there are definitely resources online about the best ways to do it. You just take eight pieces of paper, you fold them over, there you go. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, and 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 the illustration part is not included, but go ahead and doodle if you like, um, <laughs> because it starts to open that part of your brain up. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I, I think another key piece of that, um, someone mentioned. Uh, uh, Get, sharing your book, uh, sharing your, your your manuscript with someone. Um, if if you aren't a part of a critique group or have found a single critique partner who is you know a trusted source, um, then I I, it, I highly recommend that. Um, I think it's a it, you know when we're we're writing in vacuums, it it um, that's a sure way to kind of lose perspective. Um, and so once you hand that over. And you get that pers- um, you know, feedback. Um, it's really, it, it, it's just invaluable. Um, so I highly suggest that. Um, and then, yeah, my other thought was definitely uh, on the, along the lines of the mentor text um, and the reading. Um, really go to bookstores, um, and you can just you can also talk to booksellers, talk to librarians, um, see what's informing their decisions. Like. Uh, how do you choose which books you put out? How do you choose which ones you put face out? Sometimes it's really obvious, um, uh, but even if it if it seems really obvious, maybe there's a different kind of thought process. Maybe you know it's a themed month, or it's uh, you know other kind of theme that they're that they've had a board meeting and decided to to focus on. You don't quite know, so it, it's it's worth it to understand that part of things as well. I love that, Adam. And I, I do think it's really important to talk to librarians because they are they have a wish list and they can't write those books. They're waiting for you to write those books. So they are um, a good source. Something that I would definitely add to that is um, one of the things that I'm looking for when I'm opening up an email and you know we see a submission is the cover letter and how much weight there really is on that cover letter. So I want you to imagine you're walking into a bookstore and just, you know, oh, you can smell it. You see all the books, you know how excited you get. But how are you going to decide? How are you going to decide? You're going to look at the cover. You're going to look at the, the synopsis on the back. You're going to look to see if there's any maybe reviews of people who you know that have been written on the cover or the back. And that that's it. Then you buy the book. So when cover letter crosses our desk, that is your moment. That is your moment to sell your book to us. Sometimes I'm being completely transparent here. Sometimes we may not even pick up the manuscript based on the cover letter. And I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, typically when that happens, it's because the writer did not follow the rules. So maybe they didn't read the guidelines and they just sent out their manuscript to 100 children's publishers, but they didn't read our specific guidelines that number one, we only do realistic fiction. So now the cover letter is talking about sci-fi and I'm not going to read the manuscript. Um, but that cover letter, tell us who are you and what is your book about? And and why, you know, are you already connected with um, readers in social media space? Maybe you have an Instagram and you're already connected with readers there. Maybe you have a blog. Tell us, are you connected with readers? Um, what, what else can you share with us in that cover letter? Because it's really important. Anything else to add about that query letter? Definitely. Um, I, I think uh, brevity 
is the heart of a good query. Um, you can sort of tell uh, the introduction of yourself, as Maria was saying, that's, you know, you're walking in and you're introducing yourself. Um, you don't have to trump up or walk around if you don't have lots of experience, it's okay. It's the story that you're selling um, and you don't wanna tell us the whole story. It's just a pitch. Don't give away the ending, please. Um, you know, um, basically hook us in and, um, you know, uh, a few, this is where the, the mentor text, some turn into comparable titles, um, you know, and not all of them will, but because um, really the comp title in that, the job of the comp title is to let us know that you understand that they're where your, your manuscript will fit in the marketplace. Like um, if you were a bookseller, then, um, you know, you would say, where, where am I going to shelve this next to this or this, you know, oh, right between these two books, you know? Um, and so, um, and then another thing about that is um, that really uh, well done pitches in your query, that becomes the flap jacket copy. Um, so like think of it in the same way. So to connect to what Maria was saying. Absolutely. Brooke or Michelle, do you have anything to add to the query lever, what letter, which is so important? I'll just say I, I'm thinking of my jacket flaps and most of them are my pitches. So that's very true. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I definitely agree. That makes the job easier on us. So thanks. <laughs> um, I also have found it interesting. I've, I've come up across a, a few queries where authors will include the market that they feel their book um, should be pitched to. Um, and that's really insightful for us because as publishers, it gives us a full scope kind of, um, of where you see your book on shelves, whose hands do you see your books in? You know, who, what audience um, do you think is gonna be engaging with your story? Um, and so, you know, a, a pitch like as Adam said, you don't want to give us too much. You want to hook us in, um, but I think kind of explaining that marketplace that you see for your book kind of makes us think big picture, um, and so we can see, you know, on all the back end work that we have to do as publishers, um, how we're going to present this book to the world. So I've I've found that to be really helpful. Awesome. And just as facilitator, don't forget, you are here. We are here to, to help you. So if you have any questions on the do's and the tips on submissions, please go ahead and add those to the chat um, as we begin to transition into the don'ts. So we talked about the do's, and now we're going to talk about the don'ts. Um, so what not to do when you're submitting and you're preparing for um, you know, writing a book and submitting to a publishing company. So who would like to begin on what not to do? I can start that one. Um, I would say the first thing that kind of comes to mind is to not be too attached to your initial version of your manuscript. Um, it's, which I understand I'm a writer, it's, we, we love what we do. We put a lot of our energy and our heart into what we write. So a lot of it is connected directly to who we are and our stories and our experiences. Um, but I've had to learn through being an editor and also being on the other end of that as a writer to trust the editor. 
trust that, you know, it's like you've, you've given them your story. So trust that they know what to do, especially with having knowledge about marketplace and working on other books, knowing what works, knowing what doesn't. Um, and so know that your manuscript is going to go through a lot of different stages and that's okay. That's normal. And it's good. That doesn't mean you're a bad writer. That doesn't mean that your story shouldn't be published. Um, it just means you're like everybody else. <laughs> and we all have to evolve and things have to grow and become what they are. And they're usually not that right away. Um, so I, I think that's uh, been a good tip for me and also speaking and engaging with authors. So, Adam, without saying the author's name, um, I will say that Adam, Adam and I had an author submit multiple manuscripts multiple years in a row. Do you know what, who I'm talking about? Just give me a wink. So. And we, <laughs> first time around wasn't a no fit. Problem. Second time around wasn't yeah. a fit. Third time's a charm. The book is being published. Um, she, she, he, they um, submitted a different book each time. Um, but, you know, something we liked the writing, but it just wasn't a fit at that time. So don't give up. If you've submitted a book to one company, just because they said no, it doesn't mean they said no forever. And, and I think a good um, add on to that is don't take it personally. You can have an amazing book that we would love to publish, but we have one too similar already that we already published, or we have one that's too, it doesn't quite, we only publish, for instance, uh, you know, three to four titles a year. So if, you're, if your story is too similar to one of the other two or three that we have already selected, um, you know, or it doesn't quite fit with it because we want to have a range of topics um, for our catalog. It's not none. All of these things go into the different, um, you know, calculus of that decision. Um, so please, so that the the don't take it personally is the big top line there. Um, and I would also um, say is on the don'ts side, um, uh, don't go maverick. Um, just follow the submission guidelines. Um, really like, you know, it's uh, along the lines of we do realistic fiction picture books. Don't send us chapter books. Um, we set, we do not um, take author illustrator work. So don't send us the illustrations with it. Um, you know, uh, unless we had for some reason asked, which we, we never have in the three years I've been here. Um, and so, um, you know, um, and don't send us nonfiction and all, all of the kinds of stuff that we say. And in, in this really pay attention to exactly what there's a reason why guideline agents and, and, and publishers put those guidelines on because that's exactly how they want to see it. Some are more persnickety about format than others. Um, if they are, just go with it, you know. Yeah, and you may wonder why, why are why are there so many guidelines? It's for our for us, we're a small company and um, we're small but mighty. So we're just trying to work the most efficiently efficiently that we can. And um, so, you know, if we get over a thousand submissions and we can only publish four to six a year, um, it's challenging when, you know, let's say 25% of those didn't follow the guidelines and maybe they're sci-fi or nonfiction. So. Uh, Just to give it, to get, to make that a palpable real world moment. Imagine you're getting all your submissions coming in. They're somewhere in the cloud. You click on it 
And then you're waiting for it to load. You're waiting for it to load. And you're like, my time is draining away, but it's only like 25, 30 seconds, but it still feels longer because you're like trying to move through things. Okay. So we switch our format that we ask people to upload and, and that saves us that time. Um, that is a, it's a small thing, but it's a reason why, you know, upload it as a PDF, not a Word doc or that kind of thing. So, um, so that's what I mean by like the reasons behind those, those uh, requests on, on uh, the guidelines side. Brooke or Michelle? Um, I wanted to comment on sort of an industry standard don't that you hear a lot, which is don't write in rhyme. And I would like to amend that to say, don't write bad rhyme. Rhyme can be wonderful. It has a read aloud ability that really connects with readers. But if rhyme is done poorly, it really clunks. And it can be that the meter's off. It can be that it sounds too sing-songy. It can be that you're so focused on the rhyme that the rhyme has taken over the story. Writing good rhyme is an incredibly technical skill that needs to be learned. And just like anything else, you need to practice your craft, learn your craft and do it well. And if you do it well, then rhyme can be done, so. Anything to add, Brooke, on the don'ts? Yes, actually, I, I know I've been talking a lot about market and paying attention to trends, but I think one of the things I would actually recommend is to not write for market trends. Um, you know, trends are trends for a reason. They're short-lived, you know, and what you think will sell at the beginning of your writing process is likely going to change by the end of it. Um, and so I think a big question that all writers should ask themselves is, what do you want to read? Um, and how is that different? How is that different from what's currently out? Um, one of our authors, her name is Micah Siva. She just recently wrote a book that we published in September um, called One, Two, Three, Nosh With Me. Um, and kind of the inspiration behind that was that she didn't have, she didn't see any Jewish counting books um, for kids in the market. Um, and she wanted to buy one, I think, for her niece. And so she was like, well, that's the book that I that I need to then write. Um, and it's it's loved. It's 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 great. It's a wonderful book. Um, and so I think the thing to just keep in mind is that marketing trends aren't really a proper measure of what should or should not be read. It's just a measure of what is read. Um, and so I think that's something to keep in mind. So shake up the market. <laughs> shake it up. I like that. <clears throat> and you know, talking a little bit about. Um, Talking a little bit about submissions, uh, we had had a question about, um, you know, the timing, how long does it take to respond to a query? That's going to be different at every publishing house. So do you know the answer to that at the, the um, Collective Book Studio, Brooke? I would say it's definitely like months. I would say, I would say it probably ranges two to three months. Um, and that kind of depends. It's it's hard because a lot of times we're only accepting manuscripts during a certain season. Um, and so, and then we have to review all of those manuscripts after the, after the season closes. So, so yeah, I would say on average two to three months. Okay. Very good. 
Um, let me see if I had any other. There's some lovely comments in here. Um, okay, so we are going to go to the next question is, um, once writers have submitted, and I uh, I did answer this at the beginning of our call, but what are some things they can do to get noticed? So I had said supporting that publishing company, maybe attending some of their events is a really great way to get, get noticed. Um, what are some other ways to get noticed? What would you say? I'll go on ahead and start. Um, I would say your, your digital presence is really important. Um, in a lot of ways, especially for small indie publishers, we need our authors to back us up in the PR department. Um, and so it's really important that you have, you're cognizant of brand awareness. And a lot of times that's a, kind of a determining factor um, in terms of whether a publisher signs you or not um, and brings on your story is kind of how much uh, backend work have you done on your own in terms of having your own audience consistently engaging with your audience, um, posting regularly, sharing your work, um, and just being kind of knowledgeable of how, of how to leverage, you know, social media platforms and things like that. Um, so I think that's something that I would definitely recommend to keep in mind. Wonderful. Adam, Michelle? Um, I, would... I, I would add that, I'm sorry, go ahead, Michelle. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I would just add to that um, because I can, I know that um, social media uh, can be daunting. Um, it is to me. Um, and, uh, but the idea of like engaging in networks, I think is really important. Um, and so in-person is really important. I mean, if you are, I don't know if you're part of a PTA, if you're part of some other kind of network, think about how that could be leveraged um, uh, to get, to meet other, you know, schools that might have you come in for a school visit or to connect with um, independent bookseller associations or like we've talked about librarians. Um, and then um, along those lines of the network networking, I really do highly encourage people to engage with um, um, SCBWI. Um, if you're not already familiar, um, uh, the, it's an international organization, um, has national um, you know, conferences, um, and it has a lot of local chapters doing a lot of free things as well. Um, and so those are great, great places to, to meet, um, meet other, other authors, but also, um, you know, professionals and get, be able to kind of connect, um, and do that kind of above the slush pile kinds of submissions. Um, um, and I, and I will say, um, just for the value of this, uh, you know, was recently at a, a book festival here in Brooklyn and walked around and just started to talk to some of the other publishers. And I was sort of switching my editor hat to my writer hat and kind of asking about what would, what, what are they looking for? Um, and um, and they, they started telling me and, uh, and it was a pretty boilerplate kind of answer. Um, but the surprise thing was like, sure, we're open to submissions. Their website does not indicate that. But having that in-person moment was like, oh, they were like, yeah, sure, just email this person, <laughs> you know. I'm like, um, you know, you and so like their web presence kind of closes the door, and then in person you meet someone, it can it can crack open a bit. Um, so um, that's a good tip. Can I, can, yeah. Can yes. I just can I go back one second too to something? Yeah. Um, that Brooke said and about don't lose your the, thought, the yep. 
about uh, about the um uh, uh writing not to trend um that there's something i had heard once about like write from your heart and revise for the market and i think that that's a really beautiful way of putting it a really smart way of putting it at least um and and, and that and that go, goes along with what Michelle was saying about, um, you know, you write that story of your heart, then you look at the market and you realize that there are so many similar stories. Oh gosh, there's another one with a, you know, uh, a bear who has a heartache. Um, but the heartache was there from the beginning and that's what you wanted to get at. So make it not a bear story, put it on Mars, do something else with it. Um, but the, the core connecting with that was what that draft was about. And then, um, there was some other uh, revision panel that said, you know, uh, basically from each revision, one to the next, you get to keep one thing, you know, let everything else go. <laughs> um, so it's, um, it's tough, but that, but that's, that's, uh, I think been sage advice. So what I was going to say to the idea of what do you do after you submit to get noticed? I think you keep writing. You need to, hone your craft, build up your body of work. And there are some creative ways to do that. Consider magazine market, consider anthologies. There are other things to do. When I was first getting started, I wrote nonfiction and poetry for highlights and apple seeds and other magazines. And then I started writing for anthologies. And so I, I built up and I learned my craft and that gave me some publishing credits, but also gave me some connections. So I don't think you just write your story and put it out there and wait and wait and wait. You keep writing and creating more things. That's really great. And I think to that comment, it's also really helpful when um, you're, hmm, how do I say this? Uh, it's not super wise to go into publishing and say, I need to pay my bills. I need to get I need to get a book published because I need to pay my bills. You will be much happier if you are finding a way to pay your bills and writing is an additional stream of revenue. Um so I have seen this and I have seen people quit their jobs and say I'm a writer. No, don't quit your job. You know, have some income coming in and let that be the cherry on top, right? Just like like let that be in addition. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll add to that because I completely agree. The writing industry, it's really hard to make money. <laughs> I'm sure we all know to some capacity. Um, and so really just, I think, as Adam was mentioning, kind of leveraging your networks and the communities that you're around, um, finding people that you know are, are seeking something in addition to what you're already doing. Um, I know even like for trade review companies, you can apply and, and write for them and get paid to write reviews. Um, so that's that's been something that I've learned over the years of me working in the publishing industry. That's just something to have on the side in addition to the project that you're working on. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a really important point, Maria. And uh, uh, work for hire. So I know um, Shannon Anderson is one of our authors and she spoke today and I found something new out, out about her. She, before becoming traditionally published, she did work for hire. So she wrote a lot of the beginning readers 
she has written over a hundred beginning readers and it was all work for hire. Um, and so, you know, I think there's many ways you can stay in the industry and get those uh, multiple streams of revenue without putting all of your eggs in just that one traditional publishing nest or basket. basket. Yeah. So those are my um, big questions for today. And I'm going to open it up to the audience now. If you have questions, um, I am happy to have you unmute yourself and ask the question, or you can type it in the chat. I do see that Carol has a question. If we do a significant rewrite of a manuscript you have rejected, may we resubmit during your next open submission period? Absolutely. Yes. Any other questions? How involved are you in marketing? Well, as Brooke said, um, I met her at a trade event. And um, so her, her, the owner of her company and myself spent a lot of time working on marketing. Um, so I will say that the Collective Book Studio and Cardinal Rule Press, we spend a ton of time on marketing. And that is why we do not have hundreds of books that come out a year, because I have seen um, that having fewer books and um, really focusing on the marketing and the publicity and the advertising for those authors, um, supporting the authors, making sure that you're there to answer their questions and you're helping them during the process is so super important, which is why I'm looking for one of my snails. The snail is my little, uh, animal that I keep around because slow and steady truly is uh, the name of the game here in publishing. Uh, I'm going to ask another question if someone else can answer it. What are some of the things you look for in a picture book manuscript that make it stand out? I can take this one. Um, I think a big one is how it's read out loud. Um, whether the like voice of the protagonist is appropriate, um, whether it matches the character and their experience and the age, the target age of the book um, is, is really, really important. Um, so I think paying attention to those intricacies that I think oftentimes get overlooked um, because you're writing from your own being. You know, so sometimes it's hard to step into the perspective of the character that you're writing. Um, but I think just making sure that it makes sense and that the actual sentences, um, how they sound out loud. So. Wonderful. There is another question. Um, what are the most critical changes that we must make to face or be in the industry? Critical changes that we must face to be in the industry. Well, I that is a good question. Hmm. I I don't think everyone is on board with AI in the publishing industry. So don't feel like you need to be an expert in AI. Um, I've sat on several panels and um, we personally are not using AI at Cardinal World Press, but um, I know that several publishing companies are starting to use it for novels 
um, you know, longer novels for their first round of edits. And then they're having, you know, a human go in because the AI isn't quite uh, there yet. So um, I know that's a, a big change that we're seeing. Uh, so if CS wants to unmute him or her or they, and if you have any other, you know, that you want to go on with that question, please let us know. Um, okay, so is it a disadvantage to be writing or submitting from outside of America, given the marketing discussion? We acquired a book that was from the UK and the author is in the UK. So my answer is no. Um, does anyone want to add to that? My answer is also no. Um, we have an author that lives in Portugal. Um, so yeah, short answer, no. <laughs> yeah, and bookstores, bookstores are still not 100% back to having in-person events. And we, we will have over 100 people show up to a virtual book launch. And we will have an in-person book launch might have 20 people show up. Unless you're Cindy Schraben, who had, you know, so many people show up, but um, no, yeah. So I, I think that COVID really kind of helped the, you know, in that situation that it's more normal to be online doing these things. Um, what is a current picture book out that reflects what you love or you search in submissions? Adam, do you want to answer that one? Oh gosh, um, well, there are so many. Uh, I mean, I think really you just look to, to Cardinal World Press um, and what we've published over the last three years uh, have been the ones that I've selected. I'm sure I would have selected Kindness of the Kite String uh, uh, if, I, if I'd been there at that time. But, um, I, you know, yeah, so it's, you, I, I think you can, if you look to those books, uh, I mean, if you want to see what, um, what really draws me in, um, you can see the combination of just the, the wonderful, amazing language of um, Cindy's book, for instance. Um, and then you can see um, the beautiful uh, um, kind of understatedness of a real of, of a grief story that has a lot of humor in it. Um, in uh, one of our other titles, you can see uh, just uh, this basically um, things that deal with real issues but not in a way that feels like crushingly heavy. That has this a beautiful combination of like, uh, of like depth and levity um, is really the sweet spot, I'd say. Yeah, I'm gonna actually add to that. Um, we recently published a story um, called I'll Be the Moon, a migrant child story. Um, and as Adam was saying, kind of that balance of the humanness and in being light, you know, I think that that book really encapsulates that really beautifully. Um, it, it follows a child who's trying to um, reconnect with their father across the border. Um, but it's really not even about politics. It's, it's about family. It's about love. It's about um, just human experiences. And so I think that's something that really stands out to me is kind of taking these heavy subjects that kids are going through, um, but making them, presenting them in a way that doesn't feel as 
burdensome as the actual experience. You know, so they're they're being recognized and acknowledged, but in the same breath, they're able to say, I just want to see my dad, you know, and there's there's a beautiful simplicity to it. So we had there was a trade show here in Detroit a couple of weeks ago called Heartland um, Forum and, you know, hundreds of booksellers and a uh, bookseller walked up to the table and um, we were representing female owned publishers. And um, tell me the title of the moon book again. It's I'll Be the Moon. I'll be the moon. He picked up that book and he looked at a few of the illustrations and he had tears in his eyes and said, this book like reminds me of home. It reminds me of family. And um, he just was so like his, it took his breath away. And we want that to happen. We want that to happen for, it's, it's not just for the children reading it, but it's also for the adults and the caregivers who are reading to the children. And it's, it's a whole experience a children's book is. It's a bonding experience with the, you know, child and adult and just, um, it's so many different things. It can be a bridge to a tricky topic that, you really don't want to talk about, um, but the book will explain it in a way that, you know, is child-friendly. It's definitely child-friendly. Well, I want to be very um, respectful of your time, and this was fantastic. We had about 75 individuals sign up, and um, I know the replay will go out, so if you need to, you know, catch those answers again, we'll get that out to you tomorrow. We are so thankful for your time, for your patience as we went through these questions. Um, I did want to uh, mention, I did put the website for the Rhyme Doctors, where Michelle is an editor over at. And I also put the website for the Collective Book Studio where Brooke Shannon is um, an editor. And again, Adam and I both work at Cardinal Rule Press. So if there's anything we can do um, to answer questions after, please let us know. Um, you can find us uh, You can find us on social media probably or um, at editor at cardinalrulepress.com. Um, and we just appreciate your time. Thank you for all of your kind words, everyone. Have a great night. Bye, everyone. And thank you to our panelists. I appreciate your time.